Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. Is revolting. This is revolting. This is revolting. It's revolting. It's Steve and Robot. I'm a cycling independent. This is episode 14, Superstitions. 14. Uh, Before we start, we're obligated to tell you that this contemplates podcasts, both immature and mature words that you might not like to use or ideas. So if things are about sensitive, maybe you should leave. (laughs) Did I, do, did I do that right? If you sensitive are, <laughs> if you don't, if you if you if you're gonna get bothered by the topics that we cover or the words that we use, uh, check out now. And, and there's your forewarning. Yeah, go do something good. Take out the goddamn garbage, or fall asleep under a tree. Whatever. So I want to say right up front that this was supposed to be episode thirteen. Superstitions. Oh. Episode okay. 13. But mm-hmm. I got twisted when we had Amanda on a few weeks ago. So I fucked that up. But in the end, I kind of love it. Because I don't really believe in things. I definitely don't believe in lucky or unlucky numbers. So I think it's great that this is episode 14. But I'll be honest, uh. when I put together the episode list, I was like, Ep- wow, what, the- what is episode 13 going to be? I was like, oh, oh, episode 13 will be superstitions. So did we, do we have, is this actually the 14th? Yeah, episode? this is episode 14. Oh, okay. But because we had Amanda on it, it hijacked the schedule. That's right. Okay. Well, no better uh, person to hijack the schedule than Amanda K. Bryan. That's correct. That's for sure. I look forward to hearing that one whenever that one gets done. Uh, so yeah, superstitions, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. You know, there's all the traditional ones walking under a ladder, opening an umbrella inside or anything. And I don't think I do anything, but I, I don't have any superstitions, but I did develop a bit of OCD when I was like third or fourth grade mm-hmm. um, where I couldn't, it, it got pretty fucking bad. After a while, I was uh, like, I would have to walk out of the kitchen the exact same way. Oh. And I don't know how superstitions and... um and OCD tie in together, but I know like, like I've seen specials on kids with a really bad OCD and if they don't, you know, brush their teeth and right. turn their, the bristles out on their toothbrush and look a certain way for four seconds into the corner of the bathroom, their mom's going to die or something like, <laughs> yeah, I had some heavy stuff like that, but nothing that would like had prevented me from, um, you know, continuing on with the normal existence. And your mom's the, nice. She is. She's a lovely woman. You wouldn't want to kill her with your toothbrush. No, no. So how is it? I mean, what's the difference? Because there's superstitions. There are things that you don't do or compelled or you have a compulsion not to do or avoid or whatever. 
versus I have to walk out of the kitchen with my left foot where the refrigerator or my right foot where the refrigerator ends, my left foot where the cabinet ends, and my right foot exactly on the carpet and the linoleum. And if I don't do that, then I have to back up and do it again or turn lights on and off several times. Or yeah. if you brush by something, and even when I start talking about it, I get this like I feel I get this little itch, you know. It fucked me up for a while, and I, t- I remember I was like getting in and out of bed and unfolding pieces of paper and folding pieces of paper and shuffling my bag. And it, and I was in elementary school, and I I told my mom and dad about it, and they were like, "Well, I don't know, maybe you need to go to bed earlier." <laughs> like, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't help me at all. They looked in the seventies book of parenting, and they were like, yeah, "I don't know, kid, rub oh, that in." Oh man. They, I'm sure I went to bed that night and they just looked at each other and they were like, who's freak well, I think, kid uh, is that? I think OCD is like a, a mental uh, compulsion, you know, anxiety uh, thing. Uh, and it's like a, an effort to control uh, a chaotic, what you perceive as a chaotic world through a series of gestures that... Um, are sort of random. And I think everyone with, or most folks with OCD know that the things that they're doing are not necessary except to settle their minds. Whereas I think Mm. superstition is like actually believing in things that don't have a rational basis, actually believing in them. Mm, well, okay, but, uh, you know, like a spirit world or a parallel universe doesn't have a rational basis, yeah. but it's it's not superstitious either. It's not? Well, we don't know. I mean, there's more that we don't know than we do know. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know much. Do you have superstitions now? Do you have things that you do that are goofy or things that you believe that are goofy? Like when I was doing the notes for this, I thought about Buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Buddy, uh, so for those who don't know, yeah. Buddy was he was my cat for a, 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 almost his whole life. And um, was my friend Patricia said it wasn't, you know, people talk about their dogs or their cats or their animals like being their babies. And she said, he was like your brother. Like he was like a sibling. And, um, you know, everybody who loses an animal who they love can relate to this. But it was, it was, uh, what somebody said it, it, after their animal died, they said it was like the sun just didn't shine quietly, quite as brightly. You know, like like days were just not as colors were not as vivid. Like I've never had a loss like that, and it's still, you know, it's 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 uh, it was a real rough blow, and was something that I'm probably never gonna fully get over. It, it is. It's you, you lose a piece of yourself. Um, and I did. I did have. I <laughs> okay. I want to go really off the fucking rails. That's but what the I people did pay have, for. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a meeting. Uh, my wife bought me a uh, a session with a a pet medium. This woman named Karen A. Anderson, who wrote a really interesting book called "The Amazing Afterlife of Animals." Um, and a cynic would hear these words and say, "That's absolute quackery." Like, of course, that doesn't exist. That's completely irrational. But 
I think that there's something, I think there's something to it. And the first session we had, Buddy was alive. The second session we had was after he died. And she said some things to me in both of these sessions that there is no way anybody would have known. She couldn't have been, she wasn't there when he died. Uh, she named two of my grandparents, the two grandparents I knew who were both dead uh, by name. Um, and, you know, it's not like you can Google my family history and make all these notes. Like this was like, there was some validity to this. Um, but uh, the, there was a short time after he died and I was standing in the front room of my house. And um, the doorbell rang and the doorbell had never rung randomly. Right. And I could see out the front window and I could see that there was nobody there. And I walked to the front porch and then we had this little driveway alarm thing that could be set off by somebody breaking the, the laser, whatever, you know, like you see in grocery stores or drug stores or whatever. And I'm standing on the porch and then the driveway alarm goes off. So there was, for whatever reason, these two things happened. And then the cat who came to live with me was a neighbor cat who decided he liked my house better. He and I were just staring at each other like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? You know? <laughs> And there was another time where I was doing yoga and I looked and, and I saw him walk between us. And I told her, I was like, buddy, just walk between us. And she's like, just like got totally pale face and said, yeah, I, I saw that. So like, yeah, I believe in some, I believe in some, some I believe stuff. in some shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's funny you should say that about the new cat. So I, I don't believe in things and I'm cynical and I'm an asshole. These are things you know about me already. <clears throat> but the day my first kid was born, uh, my wife's water had broken and we called and they're like, yeah, come to the hospital around 10, which is the worst thing. You know, like your whole life is about to change. And they're like, Hang on a little bit. Just hold that thought. But anyway, so um, I took my old dog, who's no longer with us. I, I took Eddie out for a walk because I was like, I don't know when Eddie's going to get a walk again. So I, I walked and it's, it's January 3rd. So we walked down to the river by my house and we walk into this field next to the river. We're the first people there. We're just breaking snow, walking out. Uh, we went there a lot. And then all of a sudden I hear this, wah, 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 wah. and I look up and there's two swans, enormous fucking animals <laughs> flying. And like, I don't, you don't, I mean, I see swans regularly around here, but they don't, you, you don't see them fly much. But so I look up and there's these two enormous swans come, and they fly right up the river towards us. They come right over our heads, probably like 25 feet over our heads, and they turn around and go right back down the river where they come from. And Eddie and I were both like <laughs> looking at this, and then he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, and I don't know what it means. I tend to think all omens... Or, you know, when you perceive things, like, all omens kind of mean the same thing, which is, like, live today, die another time. 
That's what I think all omens mean. Yeah, I'll go. I can. I go with that. Yeah, it's it's life saying, "Hey, wake up." <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, but then I have these two swans. I ended up having two kids, and I and I needed to get tattooed about that. So I got two swans <laughs> tattooed on my arm. And I don't know if that qualifies as superstition. Like I don't know what that. I don't know that that meant something, but it meant something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Well. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be like a black and white like a newspaper headline. Like this is exactly what this means, and it can mean. It, it could be like. Uh, it could be like uh, you know, you read your horoscope or you read a fortune cookie fortune, and you're like, "Oh no way! I did meet somebody new today," or whatever. <laughs> like it's just some vague. It's waiting thing. for you to project meaning onto it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you know, it, it. I mean, that made an impression. It made an impression on you and it, it meant something at, on that day in particular, uh, whether it meant what you assigned to it. Yeah. You know, the, a, a cynic would say no. Uh, an optimist would say probably. Um, but I, I, I just think that I think that there's so many things. There's so many components to the universe that we have no fucking clue about you know if you i mean if you look at like uh, 200 years ago we were looking at at indigenous people and like oh you know that's the colonizers came over and they're like oh it's silly savages with their sun god and their and their rain god and all their god like everybody knows there's (laughs) there's one god like (laughs) the thing that the thing that you know is accepted is just as fucking asinine as the things that have been dismissed fully. And so why, I I don't know. I just think that, I just think that it's too uh, short-sighted to not assume that, you know, if anything's possible, like we've talked about placebos before, right? Yeah. They don't do what they, they don't actually do. But if you heal from taking a placebo, then there's the, there's something valid to it. Sure, sure. I uh, mean, I think the power of suggestion and the power, like when you impute meaning to a thing, it has real world. It can have real world ramifications for you, right? It can stimulate yeah. actual things. I mean, I say I don't believe in things. I say I'm not superstitious, but all of my tattoos are an attempt to capture like a feeling or a person or a thing that, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think there's, I just, I mean, I just kind of open, I I try to remain open to the possibility, you know, like do crystals heal? Do you actually need to recharge them under a full moon? Do you like, who fucking knows? But is anybody hurt by it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know. I think, you know, there's just, I've seen some stuff that I don't understand and I've had some really impactful experiences that can't be, uh, uh, it can't be described or or resolved through traditional scientific practices or 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 projections so yeah who fucking who fucking knows like uh, you know whatever i've seen like the, one of the questions like um uh have i have i ever seen some stuff that i don't understand and or i think or did i just make that up yeah no well, maybe i don't you made know it up, but it should be there in the questions I've seen some stuff that I don't understand. Right. I've seen UFOs, which were the craziest. I was I was at the uh, 
but the Humbug Hurry Up was an oh, was a mountain bike race up in the Siskiyous in super far in Wairika, California. And I was just falling asleep. I was in the back of my buddy Robert's truck with him, and he wakes me up and he's like, "Whoa, check out these stars! They're super twinkly, and you could see the horizon, like you could see the mountains in at night." And then there was this one light and it was just doing triangles. Like it was just flying in like triangle patterns. And you could see that it was moving based on its configuration or its positioning against other stars in the, in the ridge line. And we watched it for about 15 minutes and then it turned off and then it turned on, it turned off. Um, and then, and that was it. And the next day he asked, some locals he's like hey you ever see any lights or any weird stuff in the sky thinking these people were going to be like get the fuck out of here you're crazy and the guy and they were like oh yeah everybody around here seen him you know what mm. was it i don't i don't know what it was there's some there's some heavy shit up there though like yeah. big bigfoot the uh, spirits and ufos and the northern the siskiyous are gnarly Hmm. And I don't understand anything that goes on up there, but I know that there is something. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I think it makes life interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love science. I love it a lot. Like I read, I read a lot of science, uh, cause I'm interested and I like that we can explain more and more stuff, but I also think that, um, you know, the unexplainable is that's the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, the people who claim that like Jesus is their vaccination, uh, <laughs> is that like, that gives me pause, you know, because, but if you, if you're not, if you don't get COVID, and or you're healed because of the power of the spirit or whatever like awesome i'm not gonna i can't discount that but <laughs> also there are hundreds of thousands of people who've died in the last year uh and and i'm sure you know they have they have a belief system in place did they not believe enough was jesus not enough of a vaccination for them right well, so i, mean, I gotta I think, put i think superstition and science overlap in the sense that like part of the ways part of the way that humans navigate the world is through pattern recognition right science mm -hmm. is observing determining what the patterns are describing that and drawing conclusions from it superstition is looking at a pat pattern <laughs> looking at a bunch of events and then projecting a pattern on top mm. that may okay. or may not, you know, hold, right? It's like, right. oh, every Thursday, every Thursday it rains and I get woken up by a raccoon in the garbage. That means, right? Like if you draw yeah. conclusions from, from that, you're creating a superstition and it's just a failure of pattern recognition. I mean, I huh. would, I'd argue that religion is a, is a, a, failure of pattern recognition, but that's an unpopular viewpoint. Uh, yeah. Well, I think <clears throat> you and I, you got, you and I agree on, on that front. Any, any organized anything. Like, I just don't like organized things, you know, <laughs> like somebody was asking me about Satanism and, yeah. you know, it's like, it, like for all, for all intent, intense, 
Intents and Intents purposes. And purposes. I just was Googling that the other day and it turns out it's both are correct. Intent and purposes and intents and purposes. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's, it, it aligns with, if, with, with everything that I believe, which is being nice to yourself and taking care of the environment and being nice to people around you. And, you know, I mean, it's like, there's no boogeyman and the boogeyman was created by organized religion. I just don't, I still wouldn't want to be a member of the church of Satan, despite the fact that they, their beliefs align most, uh, similarly with mine, but I don't, I'm not a joiner. You you wouldn't be part of any club that would have you. That was that (laughs) WC fields. Uh, maybe or Marks yeah, was it I, Marks or Fields? It was one of those guys. I don't know, Marks, but it's it's kind, of, it's kind of true. I don't like fraternal organizations, religious religious organizations. You know, if there's more than two people on the team, I, I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. I'll, I'll say four people. Just to... <laughs> I have a joke with with uh, people about group rides and. Me talking about group rides is like me talking about um, tennis teams because I don't I don't belong to a tennis team either. But <laughs> <laughs> every year, the number of people I'm willing to ride with goes down by one, and currently uh-huh. it's at two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a I'm not a fan of group rides at all. They can be uh, good. I'm not. You know, they can be good, but they can also be not good. Um, well, it's, I, I went on a ride years ago and I was like, I found this, uh, this bike that had been pulled out of the San Lorenzo river in Santa Cruz and it had clearly been there for a long time. And I was just like, I just st- like, I just stop all the time. Like I stop, I stopped, take a picture of this bike yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. C- cool looking. And I was, I was just checking out all the rust and like what was left of the components. And, and then like a while later, I had to stop because there was like a cool hollow in this tree or something. And this woman that I was riding with is like, what is this fucking dude's deal? <laughs> like, are we, are we riding or are we? And that's, you know, ultimately why I spend most of my time riding by myself is that I just like, if I want to take it out on myself, I can do that. If I want to stop every 20 feet and, you know, trip out on some caterpillars or yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like laying down and taking a nap or whatever like like it's you're not on anybody else's schedule and so i just good. guess i've gotten i've gotten really uh i've spoiled myself you're not in fit that regard. for human company anymore i'm not uh increasingly less so yeah but i'm also like i've also seen people who really isolate themselves and then they become completely socially inept and i don't want to you know it's like a it's like a muscle that can atrophy if you don't use it yeah i think that's right <laughs> And I don't want to become, I don't want to become that guy either. Cause I, I do enjoy having conversations. I don't want to lose the ability to do that. Yeah. Uh, so superstitions. No, Rituals? I don't think so. Mm. We, you and I had an exchange the other night about Epsom salts and scented candles, which, <laughs> which, which, which yeah. we're both fa- a fan so, of. Yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, but that's not even a, a ritual. I mean, th- I'm trying, I just wrote this series of, of tweets this morning based on a conversation I had with a friend of mine yesterday. Um, she was having some, some stuff in her life and, and I was providing her with the best of my insights and, and compassion. And I concluded it with basically telling her like, 
you know, I'm, you can, you know, I would take what you will from what I'm saying, but I, I'm pretty fucking smart. Like I've got some good insight, you know, and this yeah. is the first time I've ever said it in my life. Like it sounded differently coming out of my mouth. If I've ever said it, it's kind of like, you know, with a tongue in cheek or right. there's like a, 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 a tinge of sarcasm or self-effacement. And this was the first time I've ever said in my 51 years that I am smart and I sincerely believed it. Like it felt like a compliment. Right. And it was like, oh, holy shit, that's wild. Like that was huge for me. So I wrote this series of tweets about like um, trying to like having spent the last couple of years trying to learn how to treat myself like I would my friends. And if I'm going to be my protector and I'm going to be my partner and my advocate and my homie, why wouldn't I treat myself the way that I treat those around me who I love? Right. And so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know where the, I don't know where the scented candles came from, but I, there was one <laughs> that was, that was my in fault. my bed. Well, there's one in my bathroom and I just like sat there for a long time. It smelled good, but I never lit it. And then, and then, uh, I, I, I lit it at one point. I was like, this is fucking relaxing. Like, yeah. this is, this is nice. And Epsom's all about, I mean, that's just like medicinal is, is good for all aches and pains. It's good before you go to bed and it's, it's good after a ride, uh, or, you know, uh, a big physical, a hard physical effort. And, um, and so it was through that that I kind of realized like, what if I was trying to like pitch woo to a lady, you know, like if I was going to invite a woman to my house, would I want, would I want it to be a welcoming and comfortable place? Yes, of course. Sure. You know? And so why wouldn't I do the same? Why wouldn't I make the same effort for myself? Yeah. And it's just, it's just as simple as that. It's just looking at yourself through an objective lens and trying to take care of yourself and be woo. Fuck. I mean, it, I'm trying to woo myself. I mean, I'm, I'm a total slut. I'm really easy. Like I know as soon as I can have my way with me anyway, anyway, anytime I want, but you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to act like you're worth it because you are, you're yeah, not acting. It's not people be worth it and you're not right. Right. So this is like, this is this whole, this is this whole process. And I, you know, I joked with you, I was like, scented candles i mean i can't afford them i've never bought one before but but the fuck because they're fucking expensive they are like what kind of what kind of asshole spends 30 dollars on a candle but yeah. then i was like oh i guess i i guess i'm that kind of asshole because I, I am yeah it makes my it makes my house a safer a seemingly safer and more comfortable place and if i'm trying to woo myself if i'm trying to romance myself yeah like just i'm gonna pull out all the stops a ritual i mean i think yeah it's like a little uh just the just the one of us. We can make it if we try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I don't know. I don't even know if that's a if that's a ritual. I mean, I'm trying. I'm throwing a lot of uh, throwing a lot of mud at the wall in yeah. this process of of trying to learn how to be not. I mean, my own best friend is like way off in the distance, but to try to be the best yeah. of me for me. Yeah. I can uh, so, that. yeah. So, I mean, rituals, I don't know, practices, 
practices. I got a lot of, I got a lot of practices, but I don't really have any rituals. I still do. Mm, no, I still do the kind of the compulsive stuff sometimes, but I don't have any pre-ride rituals, pre-game rituals, pre-drinking rituals. I don't, ha- I don't have any of that. I have this pre-ride ritual where I forget water bottles. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I got to take this back. Uh, I'm the fucking guy that like walks in and out of my house like seven times. Cause it's like, Oh, I forgot my backpack. Oh, I forgot my helmet. Oh, yeah. I forgot my keys. Oh, I forgot my, my phone or, you know, it's like, I can't, I should do like a checklist, but that's just, I think I got that from my parents. Cause I grew up watching them. Walk in we're we're driving. Yeah, we're driving down the road and then somebody's like, did you turn the coffee pot off? Oh. And then we turn around and go back and somebody goes in and turns off the coffee pot. Or, did, you know, did you leave your curling iron on? Oh, I don't remember. So, we got to go back and make sure that my sister's curling iron is unplugged. And it's like we did that my entire life. So, now it's and I do it all the time too. Well, you allow yourself to do it. I also I would, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I have too. checklists. Checklists, that's not right. I have lists of stuff that I'm supposed to do. Because I don't have a short-term memory. And yeah. they're super useful, but I can't use them for everything. I mean, what's the point of being alive? <laughs> I don't know. I do that. I have this ritual lately. So we, since the pandemic started, we built a pool in our backyard. And when I say we built a pool, what I mean is I went to Tractor Supply and I bought an eight-foot diameter cattle watering trough. That's right. It's round. Yeah. yeah. But um, you did like filtration and stuff. Like I, it's like plumbed, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a dirt bag special. I got the hole saw. I put a like a little pump in it. And so it does filter and do that stuff. So it's not like green. And... In the summertime, you know, I would ride or run or do whatever I'm going to do. And then I'd go in the pool because I'm probably going to get sweaty again. I don't want to be showering. It's just nice, right? It's like kind of clean. Kind of clean is all I ever really (laughs) want to be. And so that's the summertime. But now that it's the weather's cooling off, now I go in it every day and it's cold. Um, But I love it. it. And... There's this whole thing about cold water, cold cryotherapy. There's that guy, Wim Hof, the ice man who does all these crazy ice bath and whatever things and talks about how it'll heal you and do all that stuff. And I don't know. I don't know. Every every professional cyclist I've ever known loves, has swears by ending a ride, like a really hard effort. With the ice, with and there's and they they got those big those they look like leg sleeping bags, you know, that circulate <laughs> cold water. They have yeah. those things. Yeah, like I don't know. It seems counterintuitive to me. Like you'd want to you you'd want warm water to soothe your muscles, but the um, the contraction of the blood vessels is something. There's something to that. I don't I don't know. I don't I understand. Believe, it. I believe you. I mean, I believe. Well, that's that, what I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what everybody who practices. Practices it claims. I mean, I just, I just, it just feels good. You like, there's that moment where you're like, oh fuck, that's cold. Yeah. And like, maybe you get a little headache or your feet, you know, you get that feeling like your feet hurt. Yeah. But then like the next couple minutes are really good. 
Is it so? It's like a you're you're tearing muscles when you're working out, or you're right if you do a big effort, whatever. You're tearing the muscle tissue. So this is sort of similar to like putting an ice pack on an injury, I, I guess. guess. Right. That's I guess. the the theory. Uh, I've only done, there was a place I went to in Seattle that had, um, it was like a hot plunge and a cold plunge and, a and a sauna and a steam room and then a, a saltwater plunge. So mm-hmm. you just do laps, like you're just getting in water and getting out of water and getting in water and getting mm-hmm. out of water. And then you sit in the hot tub for a while and then you sit in the cool water for a little while. And, um, and that was pretty much my only experience with with it and it was fun i was hung over as a motherfucker when i went there so i just like you know helped with that i guess but it feels like there should be an ayahuasca phase in that like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was funny i the guy at the front desk gave me a key for my locker and instead of looking at the number that was on the key and finding the correlating locker i was still so fucked up that i just jammed my key into some (laughs) random locker And then when I went to get my stuff, my key didn't fit in the locker and I was super confused. And I went to the front desk and the guy's like, yeah, I don't know how you did that, but you put the, you were able to fit the wrong key in the wrong locker. And the guy whose locker it actually was, didn't understand why he couldn't, like there was somebody else's shit in there. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that was the, uh, that's the full story of my cold plunge experience made sense when I left, like. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see all of the things that I did wrong leading up to this day. Right. There felt therapeutic, though. I could see how that might be an enjoyable thing to do after breaking yourself off. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a that's one of the rituals I have. I'm trying to think. Anything in life in general not relating to any form of athleticism? I don't think so. I mean, I I tend to drink. I've uh, we've talked about the elixir of life, right? Which is you and I talked about it last week. It's the it's I was, a lemon I was drinking wedge, a lot back then. Turmeric and cayenne. Oh yeah, well drink yeah. Drink a liter of that every day. Okay. Oh okay okay yeah okay. I'm I'm with you now. Sorry, yeah. I've totally been blacked out since the since we started recording. No, I fucking celery juice every morning. Yeah. I start with lemon water and then I drink a shit ton of celery juice. And then I drink a smoothie with a whole concoction of things in it. It's supposed to be antiviral. And Anthony Williams is this guy who goes by the medical medium and he has all these cleanses and juice recommendations and stuff. You have a whole thing about banana water. Oh, that well, that just is a funny thing to say, like it those is. two water, those two words in <laughs> succession. But no, it's not banana. It's not banana water. It's that's just the foundation of the smoothie. It's two bananas, cilantro, wild blueberries, raspberries, uh, mango, pineapple, and you throw an apple or orange or whatever in there. Oh, and chia seeds and and flaxseed too. You're so fancy. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> But I started doing this, I got shingles in 2015 and it was recommended as an, as a good antiviral, um, supplementation. So the wild blueberries and cilantro are really good at pulling uh, toxins and heavy metals out of your system, according to things I've read. So I just started doing that and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, Hmm. so I guess that's a ritual, but I, I wouldn't really think of it as like that. It's just the thing that I do. 
I don't know. Well, I think it becomes a ritual. Like on one on one hand, it's a health thing, right? You're just doing a mm-hmm. thing that's pretty healthy to do. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, it becomes psychologically important to you, and that's when it becomes a ritual to me. Mm. Does that make mm. sense? Uh, I understand, but I don't. I don't. <laughs> you but understand, it but, but you don't not, agree. <laughs> well, no. I mean, not for for, for me. No. Does he yeah. say if you do something seven times, it becomes habit? Oh. You know, you, you and don't like, even think about doing it anymore. It's just what you do. Right. I've done so many things so many more times than seven times that I need to do, that I should be doing, that I just like, it becomes laborious, you know? Like, it's like another fucking task you got to do. Like, oh, Jesus. I, I know I feel good after I do yoga. Yeah. But, and I do, and I, and I try to do it for, for weeks and then and then it's just like, fuck, it's just, I don't have time. Like, I don't have the bandwidth. I can't do it right now. So it doesn't become, it doesn't become as important as I need it to. I wanted to ask you, related to my cold plunge, because when I text, so we started a half hour later than normal today. Mm-hmm. I texted you, I was like, oh, can you do nine instead of 8.30? And as I was texting you, I was I had just gotten out of the pool, the the trough. I got out of my trough. The tank, your dunk tank. Yeah. And I was standing naked in front of the open refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> and I Fantastic. was there and it was like we were supposed to be recording in like six minutes. Yeah. And I was I just had the realization I don't think I can get from naked in in front of the refriger- open refrigerator to like clothed and ready to record in six minutes. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a crush. Yeah. And, and, you know, something that I have learned is that like giving yourself a minute to take a breath and even if it means putting somebody else on, on that schedule, you know? Yeah. Um, like I, that's, that's, Fine. It's not like we're solving any of the world's problems here. That's clear. I but do what you need to do to to make yourself comfortable so that we can do this as as efficiently as we possibly can. Yeah, that's, but, that's good. Yeah, I think it's a, a, you were you were cool about it. I just the plunge was so important to me. Like I kind of knew going into the plot, like getting into the trough, that I was like, I don't really have time for this, but I really need to do this. Yeah. No, that's that's fine. One thing that, like, as I was saying that, I was I was also like, uh, sort of in the back of my head having a secondary conversation, and I was I was reflecting on how how, like, one of my top pet peeves is is when people are late. Yeah, and I feel like with the advent of cell cellular technology, people have an even greater excuse to be late because they can just call and tell you that you're gonna they're gonna be late. Right. But like, if we said. 10 o'clock if we said we're going to meet at 10 o'clock and this is more of like not so much of this because this is like a virtual meeting that happens weekly but if if somebody if you say i'm going to let's let's meet for coffee at 10 o'clock and then the person shows up at 10 30 or the person shows up at 10 15 or you're meeting somebody for a ride and they can't you know it's like you you just can't be your time is clearly more important than my time right and this has been an issue i didn't know how to tell time for until i was uh, 18 just didn't, I'd never learned, didn't give a shit, <laughs> just didn't care. Like I knew I had to be at school at eight. I had to be at work at three thirty, 
I got off whenever I got off. I woke up the next day, you know, when I had to go to school, like if I was, if I hadn't left the house by um, the time that uh, the Flintstones came on, Mm. I was going to be late for the bus. So Mm. it's like I had all of these workarounds. But then when I got into college, I was like, oh, fuck, I guess I got to know how to tell time. And I looked at a clock and I was like, oh, okay, now I understand. Like I needed to know. And so I just learned immediately. Um, uh, But because of this, I'm always, I'm chronically early on, on time for everything, if not like 10 minutes early. So then if you're 15 minutes late, then I'm waiting for 25 minutes, you know? Right. And at one point I decided that I was just going to bail. Like, I'm not going to like, I'll wait 15 minutes and then I'm going to go on about my day. Right. Which is kind of shitty. Cause sometimes like if you're planning on doing the thing with that person, then then what do you, you just go home and sulk or you go to the museum by yourself or, you know, that's been kind of a, a tough one to, to, uh, maintain, but it's still, like that is something that is. Uh, why did I start talking about that? Because I was Be- uh, because I texted oh, you to say. Oh yeah, but yeah, but so like I don't I don't trip on I, mean, I don't trip be- on this at all. No, but a personal I- meeting that that kind of irks me. I am I have this punctuality thing too, but like lately I've been late more because I can't hold time things in my head. It's a problem, but. Um, this year has been really hard for a lot of people yeah. and I realize, like I can be somewhere on time. It's just remembering what fucking day it is. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. that has completely gone out the window. I don't have, I don't have a schedule. I don't really have to be anywhere. I have to be here on Tuesday. I have this calendar that I have all this chicken scratch written in. Yeah. And I, but it doesn't matter if I know that I'm supposed to do this thing tomorrow on my calendar, if I don't even know what fucking day it is today you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm lucky that i have like i have wife and kids around me and they have a schedule so i can kind of look at what they're doing and go oh it must be wednesday yeah but it's not like once they're gone i just like i have this add it's not like a crippling add i don't want to there are people with real problems but mine is more just like i can't even if I say, like, I have a thing at 3 o'clock today, it'll be 2.50 and I'll be like, oh, Scott! you know, like I... Yeah. And so in my defense about this morning, and I know you're not irked, but if you had said, no, I really can't do 9, I need to go, I need to do it now, I just would have showed up naked for this. <clears throat> yeah. Because punctuality and respect are important. That's, and I would have, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I mean, you never but see I, me from the waist down anyway. And from the top up, for, I look like you, just a hairy... For, for all I know, you, you don't even have anything below your sternum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, so, so the, the, the ritual, it's habitual, it's ritual, and it's, it's com, uh, com, compulsions. compulsions. They're all kind of tied in together for me. There's a, progre- a progression, things, and would you say they go in and out? Um... What was yeah. the resolution to your childhood OCD? What, how, how did you let it go? I just got fucking tired of it. I mean, but like I said, like when I start talking about it and I, and I start thinking about like if I would brush past something, like I would brush my finger on the desk and then I would brush back twice and then I would brush once forward. Like that is so like uncomfortably familiar that when I start thinking about it, I begin 
manifesting like this need to do it. And as I was talking about that, my elbow brushed on the chair, the, the chair, the arm of my chair. And I was like, Oh fuck. Now I got to go forwards twice and once backwards. It sucks. I mean, it's, it was really, I could see, I kind of got to a, a fork in the road and I could see that if I continue even at that young age, if I continue, this is going to become a, a real problem. Yeah. I have a friend, every an now- adult friend, who has has legit OCD oh, and he it, it's torturous. Yeah. Yeah. That there I've seen it I've seen it manifested in adults. Um there was a woman who used to live on a street uh that I worked in, worked on in Oakland, and she would leave her house and walk the same path and um, go to the same restaurant and order the same thing. And do, she had this, in, and sometimes you would see her and she looked really bad and you could tell that something got in the way of her process. So she was stuck in this fucking loop. If the restaurant closed, then she, you know, like would just have to go home. And if something happened in her house and she wouldn't be able to shower or whatever the process was. And she, like I was standing on the sidewalk one day and I heard this woman come up behind me and say, excuse me, I have a medical condition and I can't deviate from my path. And I turned around and it was her. And it was, it was the last time I saw her was several years ago. Mm. Like I somehow knew, and I don't know how um, OCD uh, progresses or if it even does, but it just occurred to me that if I continued on this, if I continued to, um, satisfy these these compulsions, these habits, or these responses um, that they were gonna get worse. Yeah, but that's how I felt with me anyway. So I just had to like stop, and if I felt like doing something, I would like pause for a second, just let it go, and get on about my day. And you know, lo and behold, you don't turn the light on four times. Uh, you know, the earth didn't cave into itself, and nobody died. And how old were you when you had this whole realization? Um, probably, I don't know, 12 or 13, I think is when I, when it kind of became into, came, came into full bloom. I mean, that's, Which, that's really young to have the insight, like to say like, this is where this is going and I need to. And maybe that's, maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I just was like t- tired of doing things. You know, I didn't want to do things. I didn't know if it was going to progress, but I knew yeah. that it was, it just didn't feel very sustainable. Yeah, I didn't I mean, want to do it my, as much as I wanted to. I didn't want to. Yeah. I mean, I think my friend who, who has OCD, you know, he's like, it makes him late for things because he can't leave the house without doing certain stuff. Yeah. Um, he's very sick of it and he knows what the ramifications are. He knows all the stuff, but it's so there, you know, that he's, he's had to like really get help for it. Uh, yeah, I can, I can sympathize and empathize. It's, it's, it's rough. Uh, ironically, and I haven't really thought about it through this lens before. It's, it's, it's about the same time that, you know, 12 years old or 13 years old that I discovered, uh, classism um and being um being looked down on because i didn't have the nice stuff um and also punk rock and learning how to not give a shit that i didn't i went the other direction and i was staffed with a learning disability so i had this thing called perceptual communicative disorder where i just don't process things that i hear 
Like I would sit in class and the anxiety that developed knowing that everybody around me was getting what the teacher was saying and I just had no fucking clue because it was, it was almost like I wasn't hearing it. Yeah. Um, like all of these things coincided and, and also the real fucking self-deprecation kicked in at the same time. Like I lost these things and gained all these other things that, you know, that I needed and, and at the time as a defense, essentially like you're going to talk shit. We may have talked about this before, but I realized like you're going to talk you, if I'm have a learning disability or I'm bad at in school or I don't know how to tell time or all of these things that, you know, I saw as deficiencies, um, I'm going to take it out on myself. Like I'm going to wear the, that I'm going to wear the things that I can't do as an armor. Right. And you can talk shit about me, but if I talk way more shit about myself than you do, then it, then it leaves you defenseless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. but then it turned into a, it turned into a thing that, that fucked me up into my adult years, you know? Yeah. I, I'm lately. I think a lot about the idea that, um, that two contrasting things can be true at the same time, you know, like that idea that, um, your self-deprecation would help you uh-huh. and hurt you. At the mm-hmm. same time, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's if right. I could have put if I could have put that on like a jacket and then known how to take it off. Yeah, that's you right. know, it, it, people always say like, what would you what what conversation would you have with yourself if you could have a conversation with your eighteen year old you or your younger self? Like, and this whole this whole um, this whole concept of. Uh, being who you needed when you were small. I know we've talked about that. Like that has come in just full force in the last two years and trying to be like, who do, who did I need when I was small? Who did I need when I was 13? You know, who, what would I say to myself when I was 18? And that's one thing I would definitely like, if I could have a really fucking sincere conversation about how you how you treat yourself not physically not throwing yourself downstairs or any of that shit but i'm sure that's related too um but how you how you treat yourself emotionally like that's a that's jesus that's just been that's probably been the biggest realization and the, the steps forward still that i've had unpicking. in the last Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, all of our inner critics are, are deafening to some degree or another. It's true. And again, this is one of these contradictory things. It, you know, like the thing about skateboarding is the thing that people say over and over is so good about it is it teaches you to get up and get up and get up and get up and get up. Mm-hmm. And so you are throwing yourself down the stairs and it's this shit that's that's really wrecking you, but it's also at the same time creating a resilience. And so the point I'm trying to make is I, I'm the same way. Like I I am self-deprecating defensively. Like I got picked on a bit. I was like the smallest kid in the class, so I got picked on a lot. And it was always about yeah, all the defenses. On the other hand, those things make you also make you resilient 
if they don't wreck you first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's this whole like anti-bullying campaign and and schools that absolutely won't allow bullying. And I think that's I think that's great, but also had it not been for bullying, I wouldn't have become for better or for worse. I wouldn't have become the person that I that I did. And if you are in an environment, say kindergarten to 12th grade where there is no bullying and then you're released into the wild <laughs> you're fucked <laughs> yeah you know it's a cruel fucking world and yeah. you gotta have if like had it had i never been bullied had i never been given any grief and and conversely had i never given myself grief and then all of a sudden i'm in the wild and having to deal with everybody else who didn't get those lessons right they're gonna eat you alive yeah yeah, so. my friends joke with me. I mean, part of the robot nickname is like that I don't <laughs> like you can't offend me. You can't like you can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. And part of that is great. Part of that is awesome. And then part of that is that, you know, I do feel things and I repress them. And so <laughs> but, but uh, you know, this is to me, this is kind of what like being a grown up, which I don't recommend uh, is about it's like oh you've got you've been you've been collecting trauma of various sorts self-inflicted yeah. and otherwise forever and like now you're now the thing is you got to give your life meaning and find contentment so you got to unpick the knots and like work that shit out and that's just yeah. what it is and that's i mean i'm uh, it's fucking terrible it's also entirely okay yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a pretty interesting concept. You know, some people are fucked up because they were abused by their by people around them or people who they trusted. Yeah. You know, you you were beat up or you were you were abused physically or emotionally or or what have you by the people around you who you trusted. And I am realizing I'm the product of abuse by my own mind, by my own hands, you know? Like I don't have anyone, I don't have anyone to focus the blame on but myself. So it turns into this big vicious circle. Yeah. Like I, I abused the shit out of myself for years and is it better or worse than being abused by someone who was supposed to love you, a parent or a guardian? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm just as fucked up. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to, but I'm... I mean, maybe the message is you don't get to be a 50-something-year-old adult human without baggage. Yeah. And yeah. lucky you, you know, and now you're unpacking it. Yeah. I didn't expect this episode to become a... Uh, you know, like a, a dual, like a dueling therapy session. Well, it's, I, I'm I think down. I, the whole concept of, of ritual is interesting. And, and when you brought up scented candles, then that just kind of opened the doors, Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it just makes it, it just makes your environment nicer. Vanilla and gives me feelings. I can't. I don't know. I'm I'm all about the lavender. I just fucking don't uh, love lavender. I mean, really, what I'm into is like sandalwood and pine. <laughs> <laughs> if we're gonna be honest, ah, uh, somebody just who was I talking to? My memory has gotten really rough. Like I'll remember 
I'll remember having a conversation with somebody and then not remember who they were and then eventually remember who it was I had the conversation with and then eventually not remember what the conversation was I had with the person but remember that I couldn't remember the conversation. <laughs> so someone just told me, they said, if you take green pine needles and you put them in water and boil them with, there were like one or two other ingredients <laughs> that it, it, it's this aromatic masterpiece. Oh. But, um, yeah, I don't remember who I had the conversation with and I don't remember the other two ingredients. Oh. I think this is why people ultimately like find partners in life is because like when my parents tell jokes, my mom will tell the joke and, but not remember the punchline. <laughs> and then my dad won't remember the joke, but he'll remember the punchline. Yeah. So they, they, they need each other. Like, so like, you know, like I, I don't have, I just have these gigantic blank spots and I don't have anybody to rely on. I am doing man. I'm taking the ginkgo, whatever ginkgo biloba, biloba, That's so and fun to say, and uh, trying to do the neurofeedback to like restore short-term memory and all this stuff, but it's not, it's not taking. It doesn't matter whether you fix yourself. <clears throat> it only matters if you're worth enough to yourself to work on it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's for sure. But it kind of, you know, when you're doing a podcast and you remember two, uh, you know, a third of a third of a thing that you can do to make your house smell good, <laughs> it's totally fucking worthless. Yeah. Uh, so pine rituals, needles, no. Pine needles, um, cat shit, and butter. Those are the ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Put it on the stove. Gross. No, no. Uh, so I don't have superstitions, I think, but I have, I have habits. I have rituals. Yeah. I do think Buddy still communicates with me. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to bring up. When I talked to Karen A. Anderson, the pet medium, I asked her if she could ask Buddy if he would come back to me. And she said, she said, he, he said yes, and that it would be his pleasure. And I said, would you do me a favor and ask him to make it super fucking obvious? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to miss it, you know? And it, it happens, it, it happens in a, I think they, they go in cycles. Like if he came back too soon, his spirit or his soul or whatever, isn't rested enough and then he'll get sick or he'll die. I do think that there's something to reincarnation, um, specifically, you know, like energy doesn't dissipate. I don't right. think, right. I think that's like a normal, a natural law of the universe is that right. energy goes, has to go somewhere or destroyed. Yeah. So, so like he's out like hanging out with Pearl and Bill, my grandparents and whatever, watching me and learning all of the secrets. But eventually he, that energy is going to be put back into a body. He definitely knows the other two ingredients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think it's, it's interesting and it gives me, you know, even even if there's, even if it's all hooey and there's nothing to it at all. And when you die, you just cease to exist and the lights go out and that's all there is. Um, which is such a bummer way of looking at things. But I, I think that it gives me something to kind of look forward to. Like, even if, even, you know, if I die, like I get to, my perspective is that I get to learn those secrets too. And I get to see him again, which is 
pretty cool. Yeah, I have the bummer perspective that when you die, everything goes black. But the positive side of that is every minute that I'm here and aware that I'm here, it's fucking golden. Like all my time with you, it makes me the honest to God, it makes me grateful for like I like I plunged in a freezing cold trough before we got on here and I was so psyched about it. And I yeah. okay, I still have mental health issues. I still deal with episodic depression. But generally my outlook is that life is fucking great. It's amazing. You know, and music sounds better and smells smell better and everything because it's finite in my mind because like, oh, it, I mean, this is it. This is it. Yeah. There's no like, there's no like, oh, um, there's no anything more for me. Like my time with my dog is my time with him. Like this is it. It's now. Yeah. Uh, and you get like intensity fatigue. Like you can't just be like everything is right now all the time because it is exhausting. But I mean, it has that viewpoint has enhanced my life a lot. It's it's made me want to do more stuff like even doing this podcast with you. When someone brought it up, I was like, yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Well, I mean, we'll <laughs> fucking find out. <laughs> right. Find out. It'll be fun. You know, Um whatever like go for it like i'm not naturally motivated i procrastinate i'm you know i'm lazy and whatever but knowing my time is finite i'm like well i better get on i better get some clothes on and get on the get on the zoom with with stevel yeah it's it's hard um you know because you're you're not it's a weird balance to walk you're not guaranteed it tomorrow right but also living each day like it's your last isn't necessarily practical. Yeah, we'll probably cover you that have a topic. whole thing for this. Oh, live each day like there might be a tomorrow yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was um. God, I don't remember what we've talked about in recording and what we've talked <laughs> about non-recording. So I'm pro I probably repeat myself pretty regularly, but. Uh, Ferentino wrote a really great article in his his grimy handshake in Bike Magazine. A long time ago about trying to strike the, I mean what my takeaway was is that you're trying to tr trying to strike the balance you know if today was my last day how would I do it but I also have to be conscious of the fact that it might not be my last day so like am I gonna like set my hair on fire and walk down the street with both fingers in the air and no clothes on and you know I can go randomly make out with people and like of course I'm not gonna do that which I might if I was, if I knew that tomorrow was going to be my last day. Well, I think I like the idea that maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Like today is not the day. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good way of looking that keeps at it. it. That keeps it like right there in front of you. Yeah, <laughs> I think I probably that. would spend. I would take all of my savings and I would I would buy a, a nice trip somewhere, you know. But then if I didn't have, if I, if I then did have a tomorrow and then I'd be like, cool, I had a nice trip and I have no savings and yeah. now what, right. you know, like that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like small steps to take care of yourself today in the event that tomorrow doesn't come. But if, but when it does come, then you just be like, okay, I'm going to do something nice for myself 
today as well, and then today as well, and so on. Yeah, I think you just got to keep working on the shit. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean it. I mean, like, I think it's that simple. Like, have a good time today. Don't yeah. don't burn the house down. Yeah. But think about burning the house down because that's pretty fun. Yeah. Do something stupid today, but maybe not. I just wonder, like, if I was given it, you know, I go in and see my my doctor, and she's like, "Oh, you, you get, we got your blood test back, and you have five days to live." You know, not that I mean, right. that'd be pretty cool if you could tell that from a blood test. Right. Like, if I knew that I had five days, I knew that I had a week. Like, I would go super fucking big. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and yeah, for sure, for sure. For some and reason, I thought you were going to say I would just chill out. But you're like, no super way. fucking big. No, no, no. That would be that would be it almost is like a free pass. And, and, and I'm not saying to be an asshole or to ruin anybody else's existence or anything. But like to like, really? OK, then this is like I'm going to put everything I can into having the most incredible week of my life. Yeah. And, and then, and then, I mean, that almost sounds kind of fun. Like it's like a lottery ticket, like you're going to die, but in the time between now and the time that you die, you get to do whatever you want to do within reason. Again, not hurting, not hurting yourself or other people. I mean, I, sound, I, I like the concept. To me, it has a real buffet problem. When I a go what? up to the buffet, I'm like, oh, look at all this. Yeah. I want to eat it all. I yeah. never know what to choose. I always choose the wrong thing. And then I'm stuffed and like probably kind of sick. And I feel like if someone was like, you have five days to live, I'd be like, oh my God, hookers and blow. <laughs> yeah. Paralyzed um, by indecision. Yeah. But actually, no, I don't know. And like the, a- go on a nice trip sounds great. But then you're standing in the TSA line for like 20 minutes. You're like, I'm wasting 20 of my minutes. Yeah. I, 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 get, I would probably get real OCD about that, but. Ah, uh, shit. I don't know. I mean, it's all kind of, it's all kind of part of the, it's all part of the journey. And that's like, I mean, I feel like that when I get into a, um, when I get into a situation like that where, and I, I've learned this not through my own devices, but through the help of others is that you, you kind of have to let go of the reins a little bit yeah. sometimes. And if you're in that situation, you're like, well, this is just, this is part of the deal. There's nothing I can do to mitigate this or to avoid this experience. This is the experience. It's like, you're not holding up traffic. You are traffic. You're part of the yeah. complex dynamic that you're engaged in at that moment. So, and it's imperfect just, and messy too. That's what I like to hold on to. Like it's imperfect yeah. and messy. Like your expectations and ideas are just meaningless because it's going to be what it's going to be. It's just a mess. Mm-hmm. It's a mess all mm-hmm. the time. And I like, I like to try to retain that and hold on to that as consistently as or regularly as possible because it, it takes the pressure. It, I don't know. It takes the pressure off. Like you don't have any control over anything. It's like my mom always says, you, you know, you don't have a control over anything except for your own responses to it. And there's a lot of power in that. So whether you're in line at the TSA and you have five days left to live or 
you're, you know, somebody get somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're standing toe to toe with somebody. How do you respond? How do you, how do you engage? How do you right on the mouth? I have gotten, and this has taken a lot of practice, but I've gotten to the point where like, unless somebody willing, like, like intentionally tries to hurt me, if I can catch up to the person and say, like, put them in my shoes and vice versa. Like you got people who love you, who want you to come home in one piece. I got people who love me and want me to come home in one piece. Like we're out here just trying to get to where we're going. And I've done it. I've been able to do it. And it's without fail, without fail. The person always backs down and like, oh, fuck, like realizes. Right, right. right. What nobody done. feels comfortable in that. Nobody no. wants to be there. Nobody. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be scared. Like you just gave me fear. Why did you give me fear? Right. And it's not me like shaking my fist in your face. It's it's me trying to put put us on the same uh, level and. Well, one guy, he, he was super fucked up. Like, he almost hit me. And then when I caught up with him, he stumbled out of his car. And I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know how to respond. Yeah. So, I just had to remove myself from the situation. But otherwise... Oh, I thought you were going to say I just had to hit him with my skateboard. <laughs> no, no. This is something that I'm... And I don't always subscribe to. I mean, I don't live by this all the time. But... um uh, Venom, Venom and toxicity can't combat venom and toxicity yeah that's right so that's something that i try to live by reason and kindness do i can't really afford conflicts i can't even like if i'm right i can't really afford that just turn away it takes a lot it takes a lot of energy yeah 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 just turns into an emotional hangover who needs that if you get into if you get into a scrape that you can't get out of I was talking to this guy who was like, I don't know, jujitsu, like black belt grappler guy. And he's like, no, you just, you hit the person and then you leave. It, it's not a big, dr- big drawn drag out thing, dragged out thing. It's not like a fight in the movies. You hit them, you disable them, and then you get the fuck out of there. Well, this is what we were talking about with Amanda a few weeks ago. Strike the first deadly blow. <laughs> exactly but i hate it i was in a i was in this ridiculous fight at this bar in berkeley where these three and this is like i don't know this 12 or 13 years ago it's not that long ago but the three skinheads walked into this bar sounds like the beginning of yeah, a shitty yeah. joke yeah and i was like where the what fucking time machine did these clowns just crawl out of like, you know, flight jackets, boots, straps, totally cliche. And eventually they got into the face of the guy whose party it was, who happened to be the only black guy in the room. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And then it just went bananas and turned into this huge brawl. And there were people like throwing bar stools and it was nuts. And uh, this one guy... You know, it's like they 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 poke and they poke and they poke, and this one guy had not a very even temper about him, and he hit one of the guys, and then all three guys jumped on this guy and beat him so badly, so quickly that he, I swear in my memory, he fell down and stood up, and in the time that he was on the ground, he stood up, he was totally unrecognizable. Like, his face was so badly beaten, 
and he in this other one of the skins had this guy in a headlock and i hit the guy with a bottle i mean it was just ridiculous mm. and caught him and he was like you know you get a little tiny nick on your head and you bleed like crazy and so this guy was covered in blood and i felt fucking terrible about it even though yeah you know like he wouldn't have let go he was choking one of my friends out and I it was like that was just the only way that I could respond I had a knife in my pocket I remember that I reached for my knife and I was like 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 fast motion like like stab this guy go to fucking court end up in the system like this whole thing just happened split second and I took my hand off of my knife and then I hit him with the bottle like it was it was wild yeah it was wild I never experienced anything quite like that before um but uh why did I start talking about that? Because it has like a uh, the consequences afterwards of being in a conflict like that are terrible. Oh yeah, no, I felt like a dick, and I talked to my dad, and I told him that I felt like a dick, and I, even though I didn't, you know, like it just was like it really took an emotional toll on me that I had hurt somebody in this event. And my dad said, "Well, maybe he woke up the next day and decided not to be an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> So, it was my father's wisdom. <laughs> you just delivered him a lesson <laughs> that he badly needed. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I would have rather not ha- have done it at all. But seventies dad rides again. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really come out with some gems sometimes. My parents. Sometimes you just gotta hit a dude. Yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Oh yeah, we sure do. Look at that. Uh, we covered all the topics. Yeah, we did. Concluded nothing, really. Again? I forgot forgot what I was talking about two separate times. Yeah, it's... It's a record. Just, that's how we do it. That's the <laughs> recipe for the show. Those are the two missing ingredients. Oh, um, Jesus. Well, nice work, buddy. Yeah. While we're yeah. here, um, you discovered the band Brutus this week, or last week. Yeah. Belgian, yeah, so- Belgian band. If you don't like them... Don't talk to us again because we're not friends. Good gravy. Yeah, I had not. I I didn't really didn't have any knowledge about them when you sent me that video, and I was just so. The way that I've described them is, it's like it sounds like. Um, uh, oh God. <laughs> what? Why is my brain do this? Oh, uh, okay. Keep talking. Yeah, so keep talking about them. They yeah. are, they're amazing. They're a very powerful three-piece band from uh, Belgium. You sh- if you have not encountered them, go on YouTube and search Brutus, B-R-U-T-U-S, War. There's one video, and it opens with uh, the singer, and she's singing, and then she has a surprise for you. And it's, yeah. And it's very powerful. Uh, she's so... She's so, she's so good. I was talking to, I was messaging with a guy from who lives, who's from that little town that, that the band comes from. And he said, they just, you know, they were like playing like shitty metal dive bars and stuff. And they're finally kind of starting to get, uh, you know, recognized. Um, their, their music is incredible. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like that song struck me. It was like listening to Baroness, um, but with Bjork singing like the, it's Powerful like peanut butter and, and chocolate. And, yeah. and big. 
one of the one of the comments on that video for the it's the Rain City recording sessions and they've done they did a thing with the Baptists a couple years ago that is equally fucking unreal but one of the comments was it's like it's like having your first kiss and then getting punched in the face and then going back to kissing I mean (laughs) it was just like (laughs) such a perfect description but it's it's they're really they're they're incredible yeah and um, I'm super happy for their success and discover and discovering them. You really like you're batting a thousand. You've introduced me over the years. You've introduced me to such good music and I have reciprocated uh, by sending you Lady Gaga videos. So <laughs> the imbalance is real. Yeah, I'm running. a Yeah, I'm running. I have a ledger here. <laughs> you're, you're in the you're in the I got a red. Um, yeah, so, like way deep. So everyone go listen to uh, Brutus. Uh, send questions to Stevel at cyclingindependent.com. There's a new answers from a bottle coming soon. Yeah, I just got it's middle of October right now, and I just got the last two months worth of questions. So that's yeah. my plan to work it's on that be good. today. We're going to get that going. And then also, um, don't forget to suck it. <laughs> oh christ sorry all right thanks everybody bye